Good Tuesday morning. What I used to call hurly burlyites, but are now curse of political lights. Mm. We're here. Jenny Byrne. Gotta work on that. Gotta, gotta work on that. Gotta Cursors. work on that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cursors. Cursors. That yeah, that could work. Cursors. Nick Taylor Vasey, how are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm sleeping like more uh, than five hours now, which is pretty pretty good for me. Yeah, well, we're still getting up early, so you must be going to bed early. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, time doesn't matter anymore. But anyway, I'm just, I feel fresh. Had you Excellent. pegged as a nighttime Our- vigilante, Nick, I thought you might be scouring the streets and <laughs> scrubbing crime out of your party. <laughs> well, you get the political playbook out at 6 a.m. every morning. So you're obviously working late into the night. And that's your plug, people. Check out the political playbook today. Lots of information. Nick's going to give us a highlight. What do you got, Nick? So um, you guys talk about ecos on this podcast, which I think is is great. And I talk about Abacus every so often because we have a fun little relationship with David Coletto and, and Abacus for the for the campaign. And he's got a, a new poll out today. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things we like to say is first in playbook, which makes us feel really important. But uh, we can talk a bit about the leadership numbers that he has, uh, which are... Um, I think really interesting in one way and also really, really not interesting in another. So, um, uh, well, let's start with the not interesting numbers. part. Poll numbers. Come on, bring it on, brother. Bring it on. <laughs> so, Give us the not interesting, man. Let's get people the not interesting. Pick it <laughs> well, it's like that. simultaneously these things. So Trudeau's positives and negatives. Trudeau's 40% positive, 40, 43% negative. Jagmeet Singh is 44% positive, 26% negative. So his positive numbers are rising. His negatives are rising a little bit. And Aaron O'Toole is 29 negative, 42 positive. So in two weeks, he's jumped nine points on his positives. Those his negatives are holding steady at 42. And uh, Coletto also asked about the desire for change in government. And uh, 48% definitely want change, which is 10 points higher than it was a couple of months ago, uh, long before the election call. But of course, Coletto points out, and anybody who really you know, anybody who who has this sort of the, the graphs from 2019 by their side knows that these numbers are, are kind of 2019 numbers. The number of people who definitely wanted change in 2019 on election day was 52%. So that's the uninteresting thing, I guess, if you're someone like me who really likes in 2014, and- In 2014, when Kathleen Wynne won a majority government, 70% of Ontarians thought it was time for a different party to take office including 25% of liberals. So doesn't mean you can't win with big time. And did you know, did you know guys that in that same poll, uh, they surveyed uh, attitudes, respect to um, podcasts and our positives are at 83% and our negatives are at Paul. Well, so I think that's pretty good. (laughs) Beat that, Manfred. So who's been moving in this, uh, according to Abacus, who's been moving? Uh, Singh's, uh, O'Toole's positives are up. Singh's positives are up. What's happening to Trudeau? Ice flat. The The negatives are up very, very slightly, and the positives are up very, very slightly this week, but they've kind of been dancing with each other for the last forever. Okay. And who's got a big tour event today that's going to change everything? Well, Aaron O'Toole. He is at the Westin Hotel in Ottawa, which you might know is where he's <laughs> from. Uh, um, he's making an announcement. What's their What's a, their pet policy? 
We have to Weston. Can you bring dogs into the uh, cats? Anything like that? <laughs> Sir, you'll have to leave your bird in the car. I'm afraid you can't bring that bird in there. <laughs> if only we recorded this just a little bit later in the morning, we'd know what he was going to say. Because every morning just before 7 a.m., he will, uh, he'll post what he's going to talk about. But then later in the day, he's doing a, a town hall with Nova Scotians, which, which is a, a virtual town hall and isn't super exciting for, for people like us to watch. But um, it's with Nova Scotia, which is a place that may have some movement these days. So useful for him. Hey, Jenny, do they use these town halls to collect data? Uh, I, I assume that's what they're like. I, I assume that's what they're uh, that's what they're doing. I, like, I think like I, I, I don't think that like I, I I'm assuming they are asking people that are actually on the town halls. I, I, I've watched a couple of them, but I've watched them uh, kind of on, on YouTube live. I'm assuming when they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be asking policy questions, they're going to be saying, are you more likely to support uh, Aaron? You know, are you a conservative voter? And it's, it's another data point. I wouldn't, if I were them, I wouldn't make, if my one point of contact with someone was someone on a town hall, a tele town hall saying, I'm going to support the conservative party. I think you've, it, it's, you've, you've mined for data and you can go back and check and see if, if uh, you can go back and reconfirm and, and reach out to that voter is what I assume, right. what I assume they're doing. Just otherwise, why are you doing like, why are, why would you be doing it? Right. right. Where's Trudeau today, Nick? Is he going to be um, in a, in a, back in Ontario? Trudeau's in Canada. He's in Canada, Carlton today. The uh, the itinerary for the day went out at five fifty eight a.m. And yes, you do see it in the playbook, which went out two minutes later. Um, oh. So that's what I was doing at five fifty eight. <laughs> <laughs> that is impressive. Oh, you got it busted, bitch. Imp- you are killer. <laughs> mm. Uh, and Jagmeet sings out west. He's back in Coquitlam, BC. So that's Port Moody, Coquitlam. It's uh, it's a rotting bay appear to really want it's a second visit there uh of the campaign and the last thing i'll say is that uh, sings itinerary says that he's going back to his own campaign office which is rare that he's going to an ndp riding he's going to his own um but he's going for a burma shave and when i heard burma shave i was like well i've never heard of that as a political term um and i looked oh, at burma up, shave signs that's an old, old thing man oh you're standing God. on the street it's one of the no, first things it's know, one of the I, first I, I things you do with with uh uh in politics is, is get drag someone out to a burma shave yeah so and as people you know, honk I'm, or I'm yell at you as they drive by right <laughs> yeah so he's doing so he's doing that at his campaign office and uh the only burma shave signs i've ever seen are on route 66 so how exciting for Voters in Burnaby South that they get their very own example. <laughs> their very which, own. They're fine. My sign. guess, my guess is he's doing a raw raw for his local volunteers while he's out there. They'll do a Burma shave in rush hour, and then they'll do some doors, and and it's his uh, his it's his flying the flag in his own uh, in his own campaign. I love that sounds about right because that's timing works out exactly with his itinerary. It's almost like she's hey, Colonel Star exposes. <laughs> Colonel Star exposes this morning the team of crack criminal masterminds that are behind the protests. At the uh, at the Trudeau rallies, um, yes, yeah. the, the screenshots of their WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Turns out they've got sources in the media. Who would have thought? <laughs> it's not me, guys. I gotta go. I'm related. <laughs> all right, all right, Nick, go be- go before you're in trouble. See you guys. All right, David. All right, we get yeah overnight. We know that Frank, our pal Frank Graves from Ecos, Frank is a, he's an avid late night tweeter. Um, sounds Frank's dirty. riding the roller coaster. Yeah, it sounds dirty, but um, he, 
He was all wound up last night on Twitter at like 1.30 in the morning. So I'm curious to see what he's got. He's talking big liberal comeback. Well, the four-day roll-up, the four-day roll-up, so that would be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, says 36 conservative, 31 liberal, 18 NDP. His three-day roll-up says, or did I read that wrong? Wait a second. Holy Christ. No. Yeah, I read. Wait a second. Three-day roll-up says 36-31. Four-day roll-up says uh, 36-30. Both of them, however, show the Liberals back into the lead in Ontario by six or seven points. And, and seven points is what Abacus, I think, had them at this morning as well and what they released. Right. In Ontario. Yeah. Abacus's data collected roughly over the same period of time, maybe a day or two earlier. No. No. Um, and, of course, there's wild variation. I think Abacus shows the Liberals in uh, the lead in British Columbia. Um, yeah. I found that pretty Right. And uh, Frank is showing the Liberals in a poor shape in British Columbia. Um, but again, we're dealing with unreliable, unreliable sample sizes. But at a minimum, what can we conclude? We can conclude that the liberal slide appears to have arrested at around 30 points and hung in competitive in Ontario, likely somewhat ahead, probably not as far ahead as they need to be. Uh, certainly not if we're still talking about majority. If we're talking about just winning a plurality, they're probably okay right now. Uh, on these numbers, any reaction, folks? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Listen, I'm just. Ever, I'm like everyone else. I'm just going to watch the polls now, and and that's pretty much about it. I, I don't think anything significant. If we every every we, like every day, there seems to be one outlier poll. Like, is this significant? And is this not? Like, I I just think that there's. I'm I'm going to pay very little attention to the polls, good or bad, um, uh, for the next week or so. Not me. Not me. I live and die by them. I'm like, now that I hear things are stabilizing for the liberals, it's like, Mary, don't take the kids to the orphanage. We might be able to hang on. I, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Jenny will be thrilled because uh, I'm going to indulge in gross over analysis immediately. I, I, um, I, I think the numbers in Ontario, it, it Look, since I let me put it this way, since I chose to believe the numbers when I disliked what they were showing, I'm going to choose to believe them now that I prefer what they're showing as a liberal. And I I I just have to believe that it's not a coincidence that we see these arguments with these protesters. We see uh, a rising focus on issues like passports. Um, I don't think those things are coincident. I do think that's a cleavage that works well for um, Trudeau. I think that's a cleavage that um, shifts the debate into ground that's uh, more secure for him. And, you know, as the old saying goes, I mean, we joke about these clowns on the front of the newspaper and so forth, but, you know, pick your enemies well and pick uh, pick your friends well and pick your enemies better. And I think these guys help him by providing him with just the kind of enemy that uh, makes him look sympathetic. So whether well, that's sustaining, I don't know. Before today, when he's flip-flopping around like a smallmouth bass in the bottom of a boat on vaccine passports. I think that could give uh, could give Trudeau another potential opportunity to talk about this issue. Well, I feel exactly the same way 
uh, on all of those issues as we did yesterday. So are we going to get in a time machine and do yesterday's show again? Or are we going to talk about it? Damn right we are. We're going to disagree about this as long as these podcasts last. Because I think this is going to be the defining issue of the campaign. I think I've got data to back up my claim, Jenny. And I'm going to keep beating on this goddamn drum. We'll see how uh, we'll see we'll see how today unfolds. It'll be interesting now. He's back in Ontario. Um, whether protesters show up, it'll be interesting to see whether he brings Ford into it. If you know, because the reports are what the Ford had a vaccine passport, it went to cabinet, uh, and then he pulled it, or he pulled it before he went to cabinet. I'm not sure what the story is. Anyway, I don't know. It's a Fred Flintstone fucking government that Ford's running down there anyway, and uh, I don't understand why they couldn't come to a point of view on. Jenny this knows that better than anybody. Jenny knows that better than anybody. Man, we're in the thick of this election. Which means 99.999% of you hurly burlyites are getting your fix of news and digital information with more alacrity than ever. I mean, if we're 10 minutes late getting the curse up, my phone starts pinging with your increasingly desperate texts and tweets. Guys, it makes me feel warm all over. Not every Canadian can afford that kind of digital access, though. Our presenting sponsor, Telus, knows it, and they're committed to making the situation better, which is why in 2020, TELUS expanded the reach of their Mobility for Good program and launched TELUS Mobility for Good for seniors. It provides seniors who receive the Guaranteed Income Supplement access to discounted devices and subsidized mobility rate plans so they can stay connected to loved ones, important healthcare tools and information, and just to be entertained by and share the stuff the Internet provides. Specifically, TELUS Mobility for Good for Seniors is a discounted, refurbished smartphone, unlimited talk and text, and 3 gigabytes of data for only $25 a month. It's no small gesture. Across Canada, 2.2 million seniors are eligible for the program. And it's more than the dollars and cents of it. The heart of this is about really connecting. Access to digital technology and what it provides has been proven to help seniors fight feelings of isolation contributing to their mental well-being. Nothing beats being there in person, but suddenly friends and family aren't miles away, they're just a couple of clicks away. I don't have to tell you how important that was during lockdown. You can learn more about it all at telus.com slash connecting Canada. Kind of a nothing day yesterday, right? I mean, I don't know what uh, uh, O'Toole did uh, did animal welfare and uh, Trudeau went up to follow it. <laughs> And uh, and did in, uh, a couple of indigenous announcements. Neither of those events likely to be high impact on the campaign. I have to say, I was watching regular TV last night for a change, and the NDP were just pummeling Trudeau on advertising um, about uh, what's, uh, what's regular TV for you, David? Just out of interest, are you watching CSI or uh, what's regular <laughs> TV? You're not going to do this to Terry, are you, on the show? Oh, all right. I'll abandon it. All right. I'll drop it. Right. Okay. Right. All Terry, right. Terry has some vices that probably shouldn't get mentioned in terms of reality. Well, TV. don't say that. Then people <laughs> will imagine much worse than the truth. It's a reality TV type thing. It's not it's a reality TV. It's a reality yeah. TV show. And I don't even know what the exact name of it was because I only perked up when I saw uh, the attack ads come on TV, but the NDP are unremittingly negative. Um, and, uh, Quite interesting to see them uh, to see them do that. So, what can do I, can people I do now? Well, can I ask you, one? Just one. Uh, 
What's that? Go ahead, Scott. I just want to throw out one thought about the range of this thing. Well, I just want to throw out one thought. It's kind of half phrased as a question to both of you, particularly you, David. You say that nothing happened yesterday, and Jenny and I were like, you know, what's happening back and forth all day long, like giggling like we were in grade seven and uh, (laughs) waiting for our spare uh, period to come by. We were giggling about the, you know, the animal welfare, right? Um, We will protect your animals. Softening policy. Right. We will protect your pets and the people who love them. Oh, thank God. Let's get that guy in office right away. Um, but I was when I was listening to your focus groups. Oh, David, like I was listening to the, um, the, the groups. You've got yeah. your third week thank in you. a row. Uh, well, I'm a very loyal customer and friend, as you know. And I, um, I was struck by, you know, when you were really forcing people to talk about O'Toole, they were pretty persistently, I mean, they're saying they're paying no attention. They're saying that they're not consuming stuff. They say they don't believe half of what they read and none of what they hear. But, you know, they consistently were saying, well, I think, you know, O'Toole looks like he's taking his part into the center. And I think, you know, we'll see, but I think he seems more moderate. I think he seems, and so they've gotten a less threatening impression of him for sure. And and I just wonder when I, the goofy kinds of things that stick into people's would uh, stick on people's bulletin boards when you're you know, doing elections. I just wonder if this pet thing, like, I, I like, do you think you're going to hear it in next week's group is what I guess I'm wondering. Do you, are you going to go, so what happened last week? And people are going to go, oh, I like that pet thing. I love dogs too. And, uh, and it reinforces the, this guy's not scary. This guy's cool. This guy's okay. Or am I overanalyzing again? I didn't think it was a useless thing, to be honest. I think it's not a policy that makes any difference whatsoever in terms of votes but i think it's an inherently softening thing uh, to identify yourself with pets i mean you know people draw conclusions about people who don't like pets uh who like hate dogs or something like that and uh so it's it's a um i I thought it was a humanizing softening thing to do but i'm not not going to overestimate its importance but it is the kind of thing that might attract some attention what, what did you, do? you, didn't you the... tell us his dog's name is Wexford, Jenny? It's Wexford, yeah. Isn't that like Lord Salisbury's first lieutenant? Like what? Like that's a. It's a county in Ireland. There, before Wexford, wow. uh, Aaron and Rebecca had a uh, had a dog called Wicklow for for years and years, and uh, 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 after uh, Wicklow had to be uh, after Wicklow passed away, they got uh, about six months later they got Wexford. Are you feeling better now, you fucking asshole? I mean, Jesus. It's a nice story. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Working man, common, names is... I don't know. Anyway, whatever. I'll drop it. But Wexford. <laughs> County Carroll. I don't know. It's not, it's not Toby. Does anybody it's want to... All right, sorry. I'll shut up. I might be taking us down a rabbit hole, eh? It's possible. It's possible. Um I was kind of interested, I didn't know if you guys were, in what anybody might do right now if you were sitting around, if you're the conservatives, sitting around looking at what appears to have been two weeks of momentum that may now have been arrested and perhaps started to roll back. What do you do? I'll tell you what I'll do. <laughs> well, go ahead, David. Yeah, I'll tell you what I would do. I would, I would, I, I would take a gamble at this point because I think they need to take a gamble. They need to get lucky on a couple of things in order to pull this thing off. I think that their numbers in Western Canada uh, are strong enough. Uh, If the BC numbers that I've been looking at are correct, 
I would throw the whole fight into Ontario right now. I would rejig my advertising to take my weights away from other regions of the country, all other regions of the country, and put it into Ontario, lighten my weights everywhere, put it into Ontario. I would rejig my tour uh, and my announcement plan for Ontario, and I would fight it out in Ontario right now. And um, because they need Ontario to win, and winning Ontario will help them do better in Quebec. They've got a significantly better chance of drawing votes in Quebec at the end of the day if it looks like they're competitive to win an election, especially if it looks like they're going to win an election. And that all rests on Ontario. So this is the time to roll, to roll the dice and bet big if you're O'Toole, I think, and have this fight in Ontario and try to win it right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I, I th that's that's. Uh, it, it seems to make sense. They, they they've you know these. It's we, we kind of talked about this yesterday. It's this is now both campaigns have to decide what direction. It's not just two or where you go and where you do your ads, but what your messaging is. So so the campaigns are going out and they're doing their their regular messages. Messages. Those things don't get covered. Like they never have unless it's a really big announcement. Um, uh, the media are going to cover uh, other stuff. So that's why this is the time when you would expect both campaigns to go on the attack. Trudeau's ne Trudeau and his team have never really gone on the attack. Uh, they didn't in 15. They didn't in 19. Um, and uh, I, there really wasn't a lot of negative stuff brought on by the liberal, like by the Tories. Like Justin Trudeau won blackface and three weeks later he was elected um, elected leader. So the, 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 I would not go down the personal road attacks. So, so in even the, even his motive based attacks, I think I would go away from the, um, he's just doing this to get a majority and, and he doesn't care about you. It's got to be substantive policy stuff because people have decided, even if they don't like him, um, uh, they've decided that might not be enough to vote for him. He, they don't, he, he's, he, he is, he doesn't scare them. Like he, he invokes very strong emotion among people that, dislike him but those people are never they're, they're not in his universe so i think that if i were the conservatives i would go heavy on uh the economy uh in ontario the the affordability house prices um uh high levels of debt which are leading to the to the inflation and the cost of gas groceries um uh messaging everybody's kind of lost the affordability plot right now hey it, it yeah. was the theme of week one it's not been the theme since um, I, I agree with that. I think that uh, I would uh, I would run a very nine oh five kind of campaign for a few days, running into the running into the um, the debate. If I were if if I were Aaron O'Toole and the Conservatives, and a re I would rejig my tour to keep me there and just create some persistence. Um, and I'd also do what we talked about yesterday. I'd try to get some op watch stuff out on the Liberals just to keep them on their back heel, keep them from swinging. Good, you know. Best offense, good, uh, best defense, good offense, all that. But I think that today, I have a very specific suggestion for today, which is going to make Jenny come through the internet and strangle me. Um, I think that Ford has inadvertently handed uh, O'Toole a huge opportunity today. Uh, I think that he's. I think that O'Toole has a free shot on passports today, and he should cash it in. And and by that I mean, we know that Ford will eventually do a passport. I mean, they invested a lot of pre-sale. They had, you know, people like Brian Lilly and The Sun writing stories saying that a passport was coming. So they they moved kind of the official conservative line is that we were going to do this. And then whatever the reasons are within their internal um, caucus cabinet dynamics, they've halted that. But there's an inevitability to it. They're going to do passports. So 
to insulate myself on this issue, if I were O'Toole, I would come out today and say, not provocatively, but clearly, and say, well, I really do hope, I, I think it makes sense for them to take some time and get that policy right, but I really do hope they come forward with a passport policy. I like what I see in Manitoba with the Conservative Premier. I like what Premier Legault is doing. And although I've said, you know, if he wants to stick his nose in it, you know, although I've said it's up, to, people have to make their medical choices, there's also consequences um, for those choices. And I like the idea of that passport, and I hope they come forward. I think if he did that, he might give himself some shielding that would serve him very well for the debates and for what I think is, you know, going to be this this coming uh, discussion around passports, mandatory vaccinations and stuff. So I think he's got a free shot today and I'd take it if I was a tool. So you think he should should completely align himself with the liberals? Because because right now I would say as a as a cons as a conservative, there's not a lot that that Aaron has is offering to people that are um, uh, that are that, that that fall traditionally into the conservative side. So so one of the things that he's doing, he's been very pro vaccine. He's has been from from the get go. He he got his vac vaccination publicly the same around the same time that uh, Trudeau and Singh got theirs. Uh, but 50 percent of uh, it, the, the, the passport uh, idea is not universally uh, uh, is not universally supportive. I've, I'm very pro, uh, very pro vaccine. I am not pro passport. Uh, I think that businesses can have the choice uh, whether to let people in. I, I believe airlines, I believe federally mandated uh, sectors. I'm all for that. Um, a, a vaccine passport, though, makes me a bit squeamish. So so I know why you would do that, because you just love this topic so much. Um, uh, that, that you would suggest Aaron O'Toole to beat the Liberal Prime Minister, to, to show that you have a wedge to him. Let's keep it on passports and not actually go after him on something that you actually ha have a, a stronger wedge on, which is where the Canadian economy is headed. Uh, yep, that's exactly right. Um, because I think your assessment of the issue and it's... Um, and so, it's, it's, so, Jenny, it's Jenny the... I, I don't want to... Wait a second, wait a second. You, no, I'm sorry, we're going really to... Sorry, okay, well, let's you gonna, let's relive the same. Let's. Why don't we? we can we I give just? Our list can I make the argument? Can I rebut what you said? Because, uh, like, I have an answer to that. I, I think that it makes perfect sense. Um, if O'Toole wants to be able to place the focus and shift the focus on affordability and keep it on affordability in the economy, he's going to have to have a come to Jesus moment on his vulnerabilities around the vaccine passport, around vaccinations. You may not like it. You may not agree with the issue. I think the majority of opinion is there. I think it's only going to harden as we get to the return to school. And I think that he needs to inoculate himself on this issue. And this is a perfect opportunity to do so. And when you say so, I think he should campaign more like a liberal. I say it's been doing pretty well for him so far. You bet. <laughs> well, okay. That's any chance. Conservatives do not win elections when they try to outliberal the liberals. It's there is absolutely no evidence of that. And and if Aaron heads down that road, he is giving the liberal conservative swing vote the nine oh five. There's no reason to like. There's no reason for to, to vote. Like why why will we throw out the the devil we know to try a guy if their policies are going to exactly be the exact the same? Uh, opposition to passports is not the the calling card you want. Uh, to differentiate yourself from the prime minister, I don't think at this time. But anyway, I'm sorry, David. I'll shut up. Okay, thanks. So, an old friend of mine who's a bit of a cycling fanatic took his bike in for repairs and got a shock. The bike store told him he needed a chain and some brake pads, 
and that the store would be happy to do the installation if he could just track down the parts himself. The bike shop, you see, was out of stock or running low on just about everything. Actually, the bike shop had hardly any bikes. My friend quickly found out it was the same story at other shops. Everybody's out of stock, everywhere. The fact is, bikes and bike parts these days come from China or Southeast Asia, along with most of the other consumer goods we rely on. And right now, the supply chains overseas are choked and broken. Exporters are desperately bidding on any ship container space available, and we all know what that's doing to prices. Well, our sponsor, CN, has a suggestion for our governments in North America. Encourage more production in Canada, the U.S. and Mexico, and shorten those supply lines. CN's vision is a continent of connected economies, served by trains that move goods reliably and safely and seamlessly. Overseas, supply chains are fragile. They can be disrupted by a pandemic, which is the case right now, or by politics or conflict. A brand new, updated trade treaty links Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. And CN has proposed a merger with Kansas City Southern, an American railway whose network reaches all the way to Mexico City and ports on both Mexican coasts. If that is approved, and CN is confident it will be, CN will connect Canada's Atlantic and Pacific coasts, run down past Chicago, through the American heartland to the Gulf, and then onward into Mexico. Which means CN is actually in the process of enabling shorter, stronger, non-fragile supply chains. I mean, does anyone at this stage think that's not a good thing? Um, I thought, uh, Jenny, you, you made me think of something interesting in your point, which is how uh, important, how much more do conservative voters need than the opportunity to beat Trudeau? Um, so how much does O'Toole's competitiveness allow him to be less conservative than voters might like? Well, I, 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 don't, I just don't think it's enough. I think that the time for change numbers leading into 2019, um, uh, leading into 2019 was, uh, was essentially the same. There are people that are sick of, there are people that are sick of Trudeau, but uh, with no substantive reason for people to vote for uh, Aaron O'Toole, uh, they will go to other uh, they will go to other places. Like, I, I think there's a reason why you're seeing the PPC numbers in Ontario uh, continually uh, start to rise. And that's the, the, the point I would have is um, uh, there are very substantive issues that people are that people uh, care about. And that is what I think they should be focused on uh, in terms of uh, uh, in terms of um, uh, in terms of this campaign. I, I think it's a I think it go down a very giant rabbit hole of uh, of first uh, to, to use Scott's term in terms of uh, trying to turn this into an election about covid and vaccines and what have you. Great. Excellent. Who's got a curse to end off the day? How about fuck? Um uh all right i got one i got one jenny's gonna love it um my curse is to doug ford uh and my curse is if you're gonna halt this vaccine passport thing you better come back and move fast um because i do think whether people like jenny agree with me or not i think that it creates a moment in this campaign and i think that people are going to move into that vacuum uh from the federal side i think you're going to see trudeau talk about it o'toole may be forced to talk about it and if you're Doug Ford, you've done a good job of keeping yourself out of this federal election. And I think you probably just put yourself in it. And that's not smart if you want to see your federal cousins win. 
There you go. Jenny? Well, my, my curse would be to the conservative campaign. It's time to get off kind of the internal squabbles. And Aaron, the first three questions he took yesterday were on candidate issues, which was completely uh, completely um, in game. This is the, the, the part of the campaign where we do this stuff. Um, but I, I, my, my, I, what I would urge them to is to not make answers that are short term without thinking them through. So yesterday, Aaron said um, uh, he was asked about free votes. And, and he goes, You've, you campaigned on free votes, but now you're saying that uh, anyone elected must agree with 100% of what is in your policy or they won't sit in caucus. So the question I would say, okay, then, um, uh, are we going to be a caucus? We were the only ones for the last two elections, after the last two elections that uh, signed on to Mike Chong's Reform Act. Under the Reform Act, a leader cannot remove someone from caucus. When Derek Sloan was removed from caucus, there was a vote. And so I just think this is a rabbit hole where we just keep, I, I just feel it's going to end up uh, turning into something that it that shouldn't. So I would say, uh, just like just stop throwing things out if it's not actually part of your narrative to just get through the day. Because because Aaron's issue is going to be his credibility in terms of what he says one day as opposed to the next, based on the fact that he ran on a leadership campaign a year ago and is running on a completely separate one. Excellent. Thank you. My curse is just that I know how. Uh, liberals are feeling in the war room and in the campaign office and on the tour today. I know that sense of relief that the slide has stopped and the numbers have started to bounce back. They'll have wind in their sails today and feel good. Enjoy it, folks. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening again this morning. I want to thank you to our presenting sponsor, TELUS and to CN. Thank you to Politico and Nick Taylor Vasey for being here and being in good cheer. And, uh, Thank you to Frank Graves and Ecos uh, for their data, as always, this morning. Frank, get up and read your late-night tweets and then expand on it a little bit here in the show. Anyway, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you all tomorrow morning. Take care.